0: This week on the podcast, we talk about outside the outside. Tim and I share with you some of the things that we're doing outside of our work at the outside because absolutely it impacts what we're doing in the organization, but also we have full lives and not all of it's happening in the outside. So we're starting a little, maybe a series here where we kind of pull back the curtain and share with you what we're doing outside the organization and maybe what some of the other outsiders are doing.
1: Sweet. So we dig into uh, a goddess class that Tuesday is involved in and has been launching out into the public realm. And also Mahome United, which is a soccer club I've been lucky enough to be involved in over the last few years in terms of launching it off. So so join us also for a a short poem of beauty and a little song that is an African-American spiritual that somehow the British... Sorry, the English rugby team uh, has adopted. So wild. Yeah. So wild. Check it out. We're both so tired and there's so much going on in our own little lives, let alone in this organization, let alone in what we're going to talk about today. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of where we're at, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I was talking to our gorgeous friend and colleague, Brona Gallagher, the other week, who I think we've mentioned on this podcast quite regularly because...
0: We've had we, her on,
1: we've have had her we have her on, And we like yeah. her and she's an inspiration. For us. And so um, and uh, she was talking about the work she's involved in in Scotland, which is, a, a, you know, which is enough. And a lot of the outsiders, you know, that they they work with the outside, but they've also got something else that they're doing that being in relationship to the outside feeds and what they're doing feeds the outside. And with Brona, this is fantastic organization in Scotland called Enough. Everybody should go check it out, go type in Enough Scotland and it will come up in your Google search. But I was just so blown away by it. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. All the outsiders are doing incredible things outside the outside. <laughs> and, um, and so we're going to start bringing that into our monthly meetings where each of the outsider, outsiders brings in, you know, something they're working on that they're passionate about outside of their work with Tio. you know. And, and then we had this bright idea that maybe that could be our podcast this month. You know, because you're in the middle of developing this incredible online course, the Goddess Class. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm in the throes of starting up a local soccer club, and and so it seemed like that might be a fun fun thing for us to do to give a little glimpse into our worlds uh, in a, in a practical sense and in a passion sense outside of what we do with the business.
0: That's right. I loved that idea, and um, because I feel that this year in the podcast we've just been like kind of pulling back the covers a little bit. Just a, you know, just a little bit a little bit deeper, a little bit more personal. Hmm. And um and of course this is just another way to know us and to get to know us. But uh it also tells you I think both of these things absolutely impact and are impacting our work. Hmm. So it's it'll be interesting to explore that as well. It feels like it's outside the outside for sure. And I'll be interested to know if people can feel it in our work, these different things we're up to.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there's no doubt Like the starting of the soccer club was somewhat inspired and provoked by work we were doing in the sports system. Right. I mean, there's no doubt. I've actually just, this for our listeners, this new version of uh, Zencaster that we do our recording of our podcasts on now has a video function where we can, we can see each other at the same time. So we used to use zoom, but we don't anymore. We can hear. And I just looked at my video and, I washed my hair last night, and I've just got this <laughs> great big poof. I look like a member of an eighties indie band, like a member. Of, I like, I feel like I'm a, I'm a member of the Mode or something, don't you think? So it's like a big fluffy poof at the front, and then my headphones. I honestly feel. I like, like it. I didn't. I never knew I'd grow into be this person.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh!
1: Yes. in my wildest dreams did I think this was where I was going to end up.
0: But I really like it. I've appreciated it all day long.
1: You're gorgeous. Thank
0: you. I I like it a lot.
1: Um, So, what's the best place to start? I mean, because should I just start with the soccer club or so? And then you. I think
0: you should. Yeah. Let's get.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were doing actually a piece of really, it was about two and a half years of work, wasn't it? Mm hmm in Nova Scotia, which is the province in Canada I live in on the far East coast of Canada. It's about as close to Europe as you can get living in North America. And, um, which is, you know, close to family for me and close to friends, but far enough away too. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, and that whole thing was around access to sport. The, the whole sports system here has become incredibly focused on the production of elite athletes, not on like creating the conditions for people to come together and really enjoy playing, you know. And uh, so, I so and um, there were some amazing stories as we did that, you know, like which was like people just opening up um, ice skating rinks for free for people to come and like do do ice skating and like the impact that had on the community and the accessibility that gave to people who otherwise would never had a chance to play a sport that is bluntly incredibly expensive, even though it's the most uh-huh. popular sport in Canada, it's highly exclusive because of the cost to be involved, you know?
2: Uh-huh. Um, and
1: then at the same time, my daughter was uh, wanting to, uh, she loves playing soccer and, uh, and, and through the summers uh, she plays all the time. And then in the winter, she didn't want to do it competitively. And it was going to cost us a whole crap load of money for her to go three or four times a week to do something she didn't really want to do, but there was no other option
2: than going mm. to do these
1: highly competitive programs. So I was like, all right, I'll take you down to the local gym and we'll kick a ball around or on the local sports field. Um, and then sure enough. So we started doing that in Whoa, oh, must've been July of that year. We started going down after the soccer season was over for her. We started going down the side so- by October. We had 17 kids playing with us on the field, you know, before we went indoors. And, and then it's just literally grown from there. So it started out from me and Emma being like, oh, let's go down and play. And then just word got around that I was down there coaching and people were, oh, can I come? And and then we literally had between the ages of six and 14 at the time, 17 kids by the, by October. And then we uh, and then we started realizing we had a thing going on and began to divide up the ages a little bit. And the soccer clock got underway. So it was kind of on the one hand inspired. And we've never charged a a penny for anybody who wants to participate. The whole thing is completely free access for anyone who wants to join in. Um, And so that's kind of how it started. It was like really inspired and provoked by some of the work we were in, but also like just trying to do the right thing by my kid, you know, and there's no, Mm. when there's no option there, it's like, all right, well, am I going to, you know, pass commentary, 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 (laughs) or am I I going to do something about it? And uh and, and it's kind of mushroomed since then, you know, and I can go more into that later. But ha- maybe how did you end up getting into the, or do you want to react to that a little bit? But I'd love to hear how you want to, you got into the goddess yeah. class, you know, like how did that kick right. off for you?
0: Well, I want to ask one question and then I'm happy to, because you started, I think you started by saying something about, you know, how did I get into this or, oh, it was about your hair. So I'll go back there. But um, My i hair? Hear, yeah. <laughs> so,
1: of course, it was. How could I'm gonna it expl- be? Bit- yeah.
0: About anything else, right? Yeah. Really. But I want to go back because I, I'm really curious, Tim. I'm curious about that turn from I want to do something for my kid. It's a need to people are showing up and let's like make this a thing. You know, there are many, many things we could start in our lives and many, many opportunities, but I'm curious I mean, I would like, I want to ask like why sucker, why the, or, or why invite the community in is your thing. There's some, there's a, there's a why there that I feel like I almost get, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Why was this the thing that inspired it. you to? Wow.
1: Well, um, so sport was a huge part of thing for me growing up, especially in my teens, you know, I had a lot, uh, going on in my little life that I needed to process and to work through and sport became a real uh, place for me to do that I mean I played rugby um, to a pretty high level and uh, and really enjoyed playing but it was a place where I could just in a in a safe environment with just enough rules
2: uh-huh. get things out
1: you know That's physically good. express myself and get things out that I needed to work through and uh, so I think there's some kind of like just Knowing in me that sport or playing sport, not necessarily competitively, competitively is a is a part of growing. That having that ability for physical expression that way um, was just an important part of my own life. It literally saved my life. Mm. You know, there, was a, there was a game the next day, and and I, me and a friend of mine chose not to leap off the side of the boarding house. I th- were we really going to leap? I don't know, but it was the conversation we have, half in mm. jest. You know, Mm -hmm. and then we better not. There's a game tomorrow. You know, but like, I'm what 45 years now, and I still remember that conversation when I was 16. Right, so there must have been something to it. There was a moment of choice there that was important, Mm. and so so sports played a big role for me in my little life, you know, and um and continues to, you know, the work I'm doing as a physical therapist now is. Uh, amazing for me. Um, so, so I think that's some of the deeper why. And then the other thing is like soccer because I don't actually watch rugby, which was the game I played. I tend to watch soccer, mm. and I love it. I love the people from all over the world. I love the I love the fans. I love the soap opera of it, the drama that surrounds it. I love the you know I, I, just like the the stories that we've now got someone who who like scored a a Champions League winning goal for us now now coaching our club and like I just love mm. the whole thing about it and and the singing and the chants I love that Emma if she learns how to play soccer she can travel anywhere in the world and meet people there's always a, uh. there's always a soccer game what do you need to play soccer what to tell you what you need is a tin can that's it mm. And you can have a game of soccer. You're like you know, some of the best players in the world have come from circumstances where they had absolutely no kit, you know. Mm. And I just love that, you know. Even <clears throat> Francis, you know, he he talks about the kind of like the the what they did they didn't have balls and like how they would make balls to be able to play soccer in Kenya when he was growing up, you know, of whatever they could find. And so I just think that's there's something about the game of soccer that of course is ridiculously expensive at its highest level Mm -hmm. and laughable in terms of all the drama and ups and downs of it, which is what makes it entertaining, but it's accessible. Anyone can play. Anyone can play, you know? And, uh, and that's how it was. That was the default game when I was growing up, you know, if you didn't know what to do, you'd go kick a ball around down the field or whatever. And so, and everybody joined in. So for me, it's a, that's another piece of why it's attractive. I, I think if you know how to play soccer, it's uh, it's probably one of the most interculturally accessible games in the world, and um, I think that's an important thing. We got we got a got to focus on the things that unite us, and 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 it's called Mahome bay united the club, right? We've got to focus <laughs> on the things that unite us. But then you look at our coaching squad, you know, and we've got a guy from Egypt, we've got a guy mm-hmm. from Kenya, we've got two English people, you know, we got we got one Canadian, right? We're, I mean, I mean, it's like like the diversity that's even in the coaching squad you know Mm -hmm. in like rural Nova Scotia is amazing so even just our just our just our our club itself is a reflection of that you know and Mm. I like that around me I was talking to mum over the weekend and and you know I've always just loved environments where there's lots of different cultures and lots of difference and soccer is like fulcrum of that there's always people from all over the world who can talk to each other endlessly about this game you know, and play together. They can play across cultures, across beliefs, across everything. You know, it's a real meeting ground, I think. And uh, yeah, so that's why. I think that's a good thing for kids to have at their fingertips, that kind of accessibility to each other. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. I love so much about what you just said. I, I do always really appreciate that story with you and Carl and the power of sport and how it just, I do, I agree, I think, I do think sport saves lives. That's like like a that's a very literal story, mm. but I actually uh, found that in my life. I don't know what I would have done without gymnastics. I, don't, I just don't know how I would have survived or stayed in my body, or yeah. you know. Um, so I love that, and I, uh, I think sometimes in the U.S. we don't have as much access to the beauty of. It's, it's called the beautiful game, right?
1: It's called the beautiful game. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's changing, but not quite as much access. And I remember going to uh, the Olympics when they were in Atlanta, and watching a soccer game, and just being blown away by the spirit. <laughs> you know, just the spirit. I was like, "Yeah, they, like something is happening here
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, that I had never seen before," and uh, I just loved it. Just loved it. So
1: it's also awesome. I got I got seventy five kids, ages three to sixteen, going through twelve sessions. None of them paying a penny, right? Mm. At, at the moment. And it's wicked. Like we go in at last time yesterday, I was showing the I do the minis because I love that age group. Like the I you know. do a, you know, a three, four, five-year-old group, and then a four, five, six-year-old group. And uh, and I'll show them the video of this kid, Suri, who's a Central American uh kid, and he's just six years old, and he can do all of these skills. So I was showing them the pic, you know, and it's just brilliant, right? And so um so I, I and, and I like and I bring in team shirts from teams from different parts of the world, you know, and we'll put them on the backs of chairs. And when they have to do little exercises, they'll be Barcelona or they'll be Argentina or they'll be Man United. Or I bring in like the local Halifax; they'll be Halifax Wanderers. I even bring in the shirt from the local school, and I'm like, you could be on the Bayview team, you know, you could be on the Bayview school team when you get older. So I bring in these different shirts from all over the world. And then, um, and then I'll often ask the kids what countries their families are from, you know, and they look back into their families, like, do you have people in your family from who have come from other countries, and they'll talk about them, and then we'll go find players from those countries, and then bring in and talk about the different stories of those players. And because it's ju- it just, it's just a way to make visible the richness of our world and our community, isn't it? When you, and it, and it's a way to do it that feels pretty non-threatening. It's a game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a game. You know?
2: Mm-hmm
0: yeah well I just love the way you light up when you talk about it and especially the minis
1: so fun it's so ridiculous I've, have I told you this one I must have okay I'm gonna I want you to talk about the goddess class I feel like I'm taking two we'll get
0: there no, we'll I get know there.
1: so we got so I'm, we're coaching this is this is three weekends ago there's a little girl called grace who comes and she's lovely she's very enthusiastic and she nearly always joins in and we do this thing at the beginning of each thing where they have to do toe taps where you put one foot on the ball and then you flip to the other foot and you learn balance and you learn not to put your weight on the ball, you know, all this kind of. So it's just really fun. And so we do it. And then so we were doing toe taps. And then she, Grace is just like sitting on the ball next to me. And I'm like, oh, so, so I turned to Grace and I was like, I was like, I was like, come on, Grace, you're not going to join in doing the toe taps this week. And she's like and she looks me dead in the eye. And she goes, no, I'm just being myself. and and i was like i was like i was like well well fair enough grace you know when you (laughs) yeah when you are done being yourself you just you just join in whenever you're ready love you know and so like sure enough three minutes later up she pops (laughs) and joins in the exercise we're doing she just needed a few minutes to sit on the ball and be herself you know And so I just, I love that, you know, and there's Mm. lots of that. There's lots of that kind of hilarious stuff that happens with that age group where you can Uh just, and uh, you don't have to fix it. You can just let it be. And it's so fun and funny and endearing and sweet, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I love it.
0: love it. That's so good. That's great. (laughs) I love Grace being herself.
1: Yeah, I'm just being myself. Oh, all right. Oh, they call me <laughs> Co- they call me Coach Tim. It's hilarious. I didn't even. I've never called myself that ever. Right. So that you know, little baby voices, Coach Tim. Hello, Coach Tim. <laughs> <laughs> right, all right. Hello, Polly. How you doing? Hello, Coach Tim. Nice to see you. You know, I got Valentine's cards. I did. Yeah. Oh, Polly. Oh. Speaking of Polly, Polly and Penny but two two. Two the girls brought me in Valentine's cards and all that, you know, made with pipe cleaners and oh,
0: that's you so gotta love
1: good. it, right? You gotta love it. That
0: sounds so good. That yeah. sounds so good.
1: This feels like a good time to take a break and share an invitation with you, our listeners.
2: Hello, podcast listeners. This is Mark Coffin, and I produce the Find the Outside podcast for Tim and Tuesday. Uh, we are inviting you to take a step back with us from the work we've been doing on the podcast. Uh, And I would like to have a conversation with some of you about uh, your listening experience with the Find the Outside podcast. Um, We've been making this show for almost three years now. uh, And we have some statistics that tell us a little bit about you, but we really don't know that much about your listening experience. So I'm looking to set up some conversations with uh, those of you who have been listening to the podcast, whether you've been listening for just a short while or whether you've been with us the whole way through. Um, I'd like to know how this is affecting your work, and uh, the whole team would like to uh, be more aware of what uh, what role the podcast plays in your life. So we know a little bit about uh, you guys, like where you're listening from, uh, and we shared some of that last week, but we don't really know that much about you know, who you are and, uh, and what you do when you hear this podcast and and how you listen to it. So, um, I'd like to set up some conversations with the goal that we can probably make a better podcast the more we know about you. So I'm looking to have 10 to 15 minute conversations with folks. It'll be easy. You don't have to, uh, think too hard. You can just answer some of the questions we've got, um, and to get in touch and to be a part of, uh, this projective, uh, Planning for the future of the Find the Outside podcast, you can email podcast at findtheoutside.com and we can set up a time to chat. Would love to hear from you and learn more about how you listen and what role the podcast plays in your life.
1: Right. So so let's talk about this goddess class. Like, uh, I know I started off by saying a little bit how I just almost, I mean, by accident, by design, or, you know, who knows how these things happen in life, right? The, yeah.
0: the
1: kind of interwoven synchronicities that create our actions. But, um, and so how how did this goddess class come about? Because it's gone from like a, an, an internal kind of experiment that felt yeah. like a vulnerable beginning for you to something that you're now offering out in the world. And that's so awesome. So how you. You, do you find your way to it?
0: Yeah, well, we're going to go back to your hair. Uh, Oh, I thought we'd escaped. I thought I'd escaped. No, no, mm -mm. we're going to start there because you said, I never thought I'd end up at a place where this was where I was, talking (laughs) about your Depeche Depeche Mode hair, which is looking so great today. Um, And I feel like that about the goddess class. Mm. In some ways, I feel a little bit like a cliché, Like a woman in her forties finding herself and finding her goddess, right? Like you would just expect me to be wearing flowing robes and doing singing bowls any moment. Um, and so I just, just noticing, I'm just like, Oh, wait a second. (laughs) Right. Um,
1: I think you would be making your own singing bowl though.
0: That's right. Yeah. We totally, that's yeah, Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not into singing bowls and not all that into flowing clothing either. But what I I mean, like, look, I just gotta be careful. Where you say you're not going to go, um, so I um, had a fairly. Right? You just got to yeah, be careful.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So,
0: absolutely. Um, in this transition of my life in the past, you know, what, four years or so, I had a a pretty um, spontaneous experience of um, of connection. To, I don't want to be too like jargony, but I had a pretty spontaneous connection to the divine, right? And it was mm-hmm. feminine. And so it was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. That's not anything. I've never kind of been into that. I've never, um, not religious at all. Didn't even really consider myself all that spiritual, found my connection through source in nature. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also probably would say that I, I've had a, a deep sense of myself and my own intuition all of my life and very much trusted that, I don't always say that to folks. I don't always say what my intuition is telling me or, but I always move from it. Um, and so I felt quite connected in that way. And then, um, just started to open up to kind of what felt like it was right in front of me. I say often, uh, I I often say like, I was in a place in my life where I didn't know what to do next. I just didn't know what to do next, and I think that that resulted in a call out kind of to source, right, and what came back to me was this divine feminine presence that, like I said, happens spontaneously, and I just was quite private about it. I mean, I certainly I shared it with you um, and felt good about that. Didn't need to share it with anyone. <laughs> didn't need to share it with anyone else. I didn't. I wasn't raised, and in, I'm, in, I'm in the U.S., but I was not raised an evangelist. Was not raised to share my faith in any way outside. Um, and then um, on a run in August, just run into, I just got a download of a course to run. Now I'd taken, uh, with someone that I like to study with, I'd taken one of her goddess classes. But again, you just, I think if you, most people who know me wouldn't know that. I just didn't. It was private and it was nurturing for me. And I was just thinking about the class and like, I think I have something to contribute here. And so the download came and that was in August and I really didn't do anything with it. I just knew I had it. I wrote it down right away. And then you and I were talking one day and it was like, well, why don't you offer it to the outsiders? And that made a lot of sense to me because these are, these are my close in people. Certainly I have other close friends who know about it, but um, none of whom, would be interested in goddess practice. None of my close friends are interested in goddess practice. Um, and, uh, and so when you said, why don't you offer to?" I was like, "Well, this is great. This could just be a prototype. I could just see how this downloaded class works, right? I could just, with these people I like who like me and, um, and I felt quite moved by it. I, and I really, really liked it. And in my experiences as I did, it, it was 20, it's 21 day class. Um, and I felt like as I did it over the twenty-one days, I just felt great. I felt aligned. I felt um, on on my purpose, and I felt like I was contributing. And uh, and that went well. And I was actually. This isn't. I feel like your soccer story was so interesting. This doesn't feel very interesting. That went. That went Tuesday, well. Tuesday.
1: And- Tuesday. That's like. <laughs> that's just like a narrative in your head mate (laughs) okay yeah yeah thank you I am with you
0: all right thank you so at the same time I was doing a another kind of program that was having me work on my own creative work 45 minutes a day and so because the goddess program was happening it made sense for me to work on it in this container and so I had two weeks after the goddess program left to kind of work it and so I had kind of redesigned things and like thought of, came up with playlists and found new sources. And I just kind of got excited about the course, how I could make it better. And at the end of the practice course, I just didn't, I just was like, I'll just announce it to people and see if people want to come. And then I'm going to make it public. And it felt like, oh, I don't know. I'll be really happy if I get 10 to 12 people, 15 max. And I put it out, um, to this practice group, and I got a sign up within like three minutes, and then I had to cut off at 30 people. I had to go to a wait list, and um, so so wild. So then I was like, Oh, I, I guess I'm doing this thing, and um, and I just started it last week. Like I said, it's 21 days. It's a Zoom meeting once a week. And then I send out kind of daily practice emails to folks, which has been my favorite part of it. Just like every day, like this is how you could practice, or this is something to think about. And then we've got a WhatsApp group that's pretty active where people kind of send in their thoughts and what's happening for them. And uh, and I was super nervous. I think we talked about the last podcast. I was super nervous to launch it publicly. The outsiders felt like one thing, mm. but to kind of launch it publicly felt like something else entirely. Um, because it's not what we do in our work. It's not how people think of me. It's something I've been quite private about. You know, goddess practice can be pretty woo woo. You know what I mean? It can be pretty, I think, ungrounded and uh, pretty white. You know what I mean? A lot of, um, I had this experience at, let uh, just say all things. I had this experience when I went to Burning Man where I there was a goddess like ritual night. And uh, I went to go, and before it started, we were all kind of waiting outside for it to start, and we couldn't go in yet. And uh, this white woman came out, and she was, you know, dressed obviously for the ritual. And there were, you know, like three other women around, and me. And she asked, and they were all white, and she asked every single one of them, Do you want to be a goddess tonight? And like kind of brought them in and like, so, sort of, and did not even acknowledge me. Like, what? Just didn't even, it was just like I wasn't there. I was like, oh. oh, oh, right. Like, I mean, I know that it's a very white space, but like she could like I was standing right at like two feet from her temp. She could not even see it. And wow. so I just thought, well, I wanna start a goddess space that's like for people like me. Mm. Right? I wanna start I wanna start a goddess space for people who, you know, women of color. It certainly doesn't have to be all women of color, but that can see something in each other can see some divinity in each other. And so that's really to go from the outsiders who felt like my people to offering it larger. I had to really think about what I wanted. And I thought, well, what I want is I think I'm seeking community with other folks who are interested in like a really Grounded goddess practice that isn't like just spiritual bliss you feel great all the time but it's like this is how you might work with deep feminine energy in good times and hard times in a daily way um that feels really grounded in our life experiences right so that's what i'm trying to (laughs) go oh you're leaning forward what
1: well i got two questions and so um so one is that like I, i mean I just know from you talking about the kind of gap in between the first Cardiff's class and the second one was that you missed it after the first one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so I'd love to, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. Like, cause there's something obviously that happened in the first one that, although it was important for those who participated, there was something important for you in the delivering of it. And I just, mm. could you speak a little bit about that?
0: Yeah. So, um, And it's funny because I don't, you know, we, we, you and I lead so much stuff, right? We lead meetings, we lead the outside. Um, And so this felt like leadership into, with the outsiders, it felt like, it felt like leadership. I was introducing them to things, but everyone there is so strong and so grounded. It wasn't, it felt like leadership with, with the group of women. And so it did feel like an exploration and, um, and, and people brought in, you know, like, you know, like we have a Yoruba priestess in the outside, right? So that she could bring in some of her piece. We had someone who was interested in Celtic goddesses, they could bring in their piece. And so I just missed, I think I had not anticipated when we started, you know, I worked in violence against women for years and I haven't really missed that work very much. I mean, I liked it, but I haven't really like. We're doing great work, and I haven't missed it. But I realized that I, uh, when we did the outside, there was something actually womanly that was happening in that class that I don't often get, mm-hmm. and I don't think I anticipated it. I didn't think um, I'd missed it, but I, I did. I did miss it. It was great to be with a group of women for, you know, those four weeks and. Uh, so, I missed that. So, then I was like, well, wait, I, yeah, I think I am missing community around this. So, this is how I, I invited into this class. It's like I've really been wanting community with folks who are into doing something meaningful and deep and grounded and aren't just kind of interested in like self care and feeling great and I'm a goddess. Like, it's not, that's not the class at all. It's not, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. actual like contemplation, reflection, um, you know, hard stuff. So, but interestingly enough, Oh, you said
1: you had another question. Well, yeah. So my other question was you used uh, a set of three words together, which was uh, I had a moment of, and then you said spontaneous connection with the Uh divine, right? And I feel like, and then you just, you know, trundled on to the next thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so I just just again I just wanted to ask you to uh, just say a little bit more about that you know in what in whatever ways comfortable but I feel like in spontaneous connection to the divine. I so I was just like wait wait a minute that that feels important. Can you just Yeah. Can you just pull that apart a little bit for us?
0: Yeah, and I think it actually thank you. I think it is quite important because um the spontaneous connection was in the context of doing trauma work. And so I think that that's why this goddess class feels so grounded to me. Like it's actually not, Oh my gosh, I felt so good when I had, when I connected. Right. what I felt was healing, but it wasn't good. So, um, I was in the middle of kind of doing some visualization work around my early childhood trauma and, um, And, you know, I don't know how to describe that to folks, like you can kind of cast your mind back, um, to how old you were or what you look like at the age of a traumatic event. And, and as I did that, um, kind of spontaneously, um, that little person who was being hurt, um, got some healing that was, there's, I don't know whether they say it. it was just absolutely divine. It was not something that happened in that moment. It wasn't, it wasn't a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a moment of grace. That's the only way I know how to say it. So I could see my little person and I could see her being healed by a divine presence, which was completely unlooked for. It wasn't, I didn't go in imagining that that was going to happen or even open to that happening. It just happened. Um, and, uh, and then for almost a month after every day, I would have, uh, experience kind of divine presence. Um, and so that, that's what I mean by spontaneous. It just was completely unlooked for, Got but it. also undeniable. Got it. Um, so, yeah. So that happens, you know, in a fairly regular way for me in a way that's quite supported and supportive. And I, feel like that's one of the ways I can do all the things that I can do because I feel I I feel like I have a direct being held by the divine but I wanted to tell you because um as we talk about just kind of it's rolling so I'm in the second class now we'll see how it goes I mean it's really different from the outsiders right like some folks have no experience of goddess at all some are practitioners some are like I've never used WhatsApp. Some are like, I've never meditated. It's just all over the place. Um, but I like it and it's great and it's fun and it's enlivening to me. But I just got asked yesterday to do a goddess class for men. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that next. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that will be like. And certainly you're invited, Tim, because I kind of uninvited you for the, <laughs> after the first class because it was such a woman space.
1: Yeah, appropriately. Uh,
0: yeah. So, but um, yeah, I just got asked yesterday to offer that to men, and so I'll hey. be doing that next. I don't know what that will be like, but I'm excited oh, love for it. it.
1: I have a song. <gasps> you have a song. Great. I've got a bunch of songs. Like I say, uh, do you know that? Um, I get knocked down, but I get up again. Yeah. So I like that one. <laughs> and then just because that was like one of the English football songs, you know,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and. Uh, uh, and then the other one that was with me. These neither of these are the songs I'm choosing. Just oh, as Mark, okay. All right. as, Mark, as Mark, the producer, listens, but there's a great football <laughs> song. Liverpool Football Club, who uh, you know uh, are a very good team um, that many of my friends support, but not the team I support. But they have this incredible song, and the cop end will sing. Um, of of, uh, will sing this song, You'll Never Walk Alone. Have you ever heard of it? You'll mm. Never Walk Alone. So it's beautiful, but it's incredible when 30,000, 40,000, 60,000 people are singing, it, right? I think the song that um that i really loved and that i've been part of singing with large groups like that is um was actually from a rugby game and uh and the and the england fans will sing it at um england rugby games which is a little tragic because we've just lost a bunch of games the england rugby mm. team but there you go mm. whatever you huh. win your, you win some you lose it, some exactly but, uh, but but the kind of to the the traditional song which I think you might find fun uh, of the England rugby team is Swing low, sweet chariot coming for to carry me home Swing low and like the whole stadium will sing it But yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, the roots of that is that it's an African-American spiritual for everything, from everything I understand of it. I saw a band
0: of angels coming after me
2: Coming for to carry me
1: but it's like the song that england fans sing in support of the rugby team you know why do you know why do you know what i can't remember why i remember it started during my lifetime though okay i remember it started during my lifetime
0: i love it i love it i'm gonna go get the poem okay so mine is super short um it
1: uh, wasn't it last time that i did a lem sisse poem that was like four lines long <laughs> we're getting into these short short sometimes you don't need a lot of words to say big exactly, things so
0: exactly yeah. exactly so mm-hmm. this is from a book called make me your own poems to the divine beloved by tasha silver and the poem is called diwali if you knew what love surrounded you every moment Your fears would melt like icicles in the noonday sun.
1: Read it. Read it one more time. (sighs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind?
0: No, no. I was actually going to say, I should read that again.
1: (laughs) Mark, feel free to just put both on. I just like, don't have the (laughs) shoes. Because it's nice, like short poems, it's nice to hear them, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like they can, they can zoom by. Yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: If you knew what love surrounded you every moment, your fears would melt like icicles in the noonday sun.
1: That's amazing, isn't it? Isn't that
0: a nice one?
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I just love that one. Me too. So just pull that one out.
1: Well, friends, thanks for listening to Tuesday and I on the Find the Outside podcast. Outside the Outside. Outside the Outside. Outside the outside. Don <laughs> You can find all of our songs on the Spotify playlist. Just search Find the Outside. All the notes and everything awesome is at findtheoutside dot com backslash podcast. And we're we're just so appreciative that you join us.
0: We sure are. Thank you so much. Right.
1: Take care, folks.
0: Hey, before we say goodbye, don't forget to email podcast at findtheoutside.com if you can spare 10 to 15 minutes to talk about the podcast with our producer, Mark Coffin. We'd really appreciate it.